I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. I tell you the truth, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Well, good morning. You know, that text is a, is a, a statement that Jesus made to his apostles if you read the book of Matthew, when you come to chapter 10, you'll, you'll read the list of the apostles. There's four places in the New Testament where you can find them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then Acts. But uh, in this context, Jesus had just selected these 12 men. And in, in this framework, this is early on now in his ministry, in this framework, he's giving them a task to complete. And he tells them it's not going to be easy. As a matter of fact, he said, some of you are going to be flogged. Some of you are going to be whipped. Some of you are going to be betrayed. And, in, in, and there, there are three other places where this is found, as a matter of fact, this particular phrase and this particular statement. But what he'll tell them later, not only will they suffer all these physical difficulties, but some of them will even be killed. That's in Mark. Mm -hmm. Now, the other places that we find this context is that in the last week of Jesus' life. Now, here he's starting out in his work on earth to try to teach and, and bring the world into his kingdom. And he's telling these apostles right at the outset, I have a job for you to do. I have a task for you to complete. And in completing that task, he said, you're going, to be, you're, you're going to suffer all sorts of problems. But he said, don't worry. Whatever you say when you're brought before the rulers, whatever you say, it will be given you in that time. So you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. They were going to be inspired. But the, the statement he's made and what I want to key on this morning with you is he says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. Now, he's telling them you've got a job to do. It's going to be tough on you. It's going to be hard. Some of you will actually give your life, surrender your life for this job. But I want you to get it done. Endure to the end. Now, there are, there are three, three ways we can look at this phrase endure to the end one is he's saying well I want you to do it if it even cost you your life but he already told them Matthew Mark and Luke the first 15 verses of each of these chapters 
when he was just outside the city of Jerusalem, just before he was going to be crucified, the last week of his life, he repeated these statements, this statement. And Mark says, some of you will die. So when we're thinking about what he's talking about, when he's saying endure to the end, think about it in these terms. It, it could be endure to the end. The end could be their natural death. But that would be sort of a super, superfluous statement. Anyway, the second could be the extinction of man's natural habitat. The end of the durable universe. Endure to the end. Okay, keep these in mind. Is he saying, I want you to stay with this until you die? I want you to stay with this until the whole universe disappears? Or I want you to stay with this until something happens that we're going to call the end? Okay, now, that will be what we'll call the end of the era, E-R-A. Let's just, let's just talk about the natural death idea along this line. In Luke chapter 21, at verse 12 through 19, Jesus, and he's talking about this same thing going on, he says, But before all these they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues, into prisons, you'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall enter. Now that's what he told them in Matthew chapter 10 at the very beginning of their work. He said, don't worry about what you're going to say. He said, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gain, say, nor resist. You'll be betrayed both by parents and brethren, kinfolks and friends, and some of you they shall cause to be put to death. Well, okay, so he's not saying endure until the end, endure until you die, because he's telling them specifically, some of you they will kill. Okay. Revelation chapter 2 at verse 10 says this. Fear none of those, these things after, after, the, uh, after the writer begins to introduce the information he wants to give them about Jesus. But he says, fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. So that's pretty axiomatic. When you obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, the primary point in your life is, stay with it until you die. Okay? That's, that's a given. Right? You can't start it out and then quit. So I don't think that's what Jesus is telling them in this context that we're talking about now. Endure until the end. Because all of us have to stick with it until we die. In uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 32, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. So what he's telling them, telling all of us then is, don't look back. It says, whosoever shall seek to save his life will lose it, and whosoever loses life for my sake will preserve it. So stick with it until you die. But I don't think that's what he's telling these apostles. I don't think that's what he's saying. Because he did tell some of them, he said, some of you they will kill. So they, they really couldn't finish the task if they had to lose their life. You see what I'm saying? They had something they had to do, had to get to the end of it. He that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Salvation is depending upon them getting to the end of the job he's giving them. 
Hebrews 3, verse 12 through 14 says, Take ye, brethren, that there be in any of you, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it's called a day, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. That's, that's talking about the end of our lives. Okay. So we understand that's, 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 uh, that's what, what we should do. So that's natural death. We don't think, I don't think he's talking about extinction. He's not saying endure to the end of the universe. Endure until the universe goes extinct. Because some of them couldn't do that, could they? The 12 apostles couldn't do that. Judas lost his life. James lost his life. He was, he was uh, martyred. So some of them couldn't get to the... Well, as a matter of fact, we may not be able to get to the end of the universe alive. What's the old statement? None of us will get out of this alive. We won't, really. But we will get alive when Jesus Christ resurrects us. It's apparent that he was not referring to the end of the corporate world. The end he spoke of was going to occur within a short range of time. He said, I want you men to stick with it until the end. Now I'm going to show you another text that will show you this, that he had a short period of time that he had in mind. Luke chapter 21, verse 31 through 33, Jesus said, Likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is near at hand. So the kingdom was coming. That's what Jesus came. That's what John said, John the Baptist. That's what Jesus preached. That's what Jesus told his apostles to preach. Go tell the world, specifically to start with the Jews, that the kingdom is coming. So here it says, when you see these things come to pass, and he gave them several different indicators of that. And he said, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Now, you know how long a generation was? It was 70 years. Basically, 70 years. That's what we read in Psalms chapter 90. You know, the, the days of our years are three score and ten. You know what three score and ten is? Seventy. If by reason of strength, four score. Get out of the days, trouble and sorrow, and we soon fade away. Anyway. Revelation chapter 14, verse 13 says, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. Their works do follow them. But it, it doesn't mean that this, this earth is going to be extinct while these men were still alive. It wasn't. It's still going on. And the other apostles, as they wrote about it, indicated that the universe would continue on for a while. As a matter of fact, Paul wrote about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. He said, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them that are asleep. He's talking about people that are already dead. So everybody cannot make it alive until the world goes extinct. Until, until the corporal world is gone. He said, don't sorrow as others that have no hope, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. Well, obviously, the apostles, if they died, they would be sleeping with Jesus too, so he'd bring them with him. For he said, this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall prevent them, shall not prevent them, and not go before them, which are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Now, there are those who believe that this world would never become extinct. That everything they saw around them, all the corporate things, corporal things that they saw, their arms, their hands, their feet, their, their buildings, their, their uh, animals, everything that they saw, everything we see today, there are those who are saying it's not going to happen. It's all going to go on forever and ever. So Jesus is not saying these men endure until everything is extinct. Do you agree with that? That couldn't have been what he was saying. Okay. In 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse 4, starting verse 4, it says, Some were saying, Where is the promise that is coming? For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, there was a world before the uh, flood, being overflowed to the water, perished. But the heavens and earth, which are now with the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. Lord, not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay. So, he's not talking about the extinction when he says endure to the end. He's telling these men, endure to the end. You've got a job to do. I'm giving you a task to perform and endure to the end. Now, I think he's talking about the end of an era. An era is a distinct period of history with a particular feature or characteristic. They were living in a distinct era of time. And what Jesus was telling them was, Endure until this era is finished, until it comes to an end. I'm going to show you that from the scriptures. That's not just my, my opinion about this. This is what I believe he's referring to. He was assigning them a task that would require their entire devotion to duty in face of danger and personal peril, even in face of death, that they were to get that job done. Stay with it, boys. Don't quit on me. That would be what we would say sometimes. That would be what I'd say, I guess. But Jesus said, He that endures to the end, same shall be saved. Now we know that there was a change coming when Jesus got here. As a matter of fact, there are several indicators of it that you, you recognize very quickly. <coughs> Pardon me. Matthew chapter 9, verse 16, Jesus talked about not putting a new patch in an old garment. Okay? So he's talking about an old garment here. And he's talking about a new patch going in an old garment. So he's talking about something old. I'm, th- I'm going to tell you, I believe that's the old era. And the new, which is the new era. Okay. He said, he said uh, if, if you do that, you, you, take away the, the, you take away the strength of the garment, the rent is made worse. Then he said, neither do men put new wine into old bottles, lest the old bottles break, and the wine runs out, and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Now, when Jesus began to talk about the kingdom, he began to talk in terms that they were to, completely unfamiliar with. 
We, we look at the, uh, what we call the Beatitudes, and they're, they're very interesting to us and very encouraging to us. But to these people, in that old era they were in, it was completely a shock to them that he would be talking about the kingdom in the terms he was using here. As a matter of fact, he said, Blessed are the, blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's not what they understood. They did not believe the poor in spirit were going to inherit anything. It was those who were strong and vibrant and alive and those who were active. Those are the ones who would inherit the kingdom. Not the poor, downtrodden, beaten down people. No. Jesus was talking about something new. Something new. What they were looking at was something old. He said, blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are those that are unhappy. Well, that's, that's not how they conceived of the kingdom. The kingdom is a place where everybody is, is going to be okay. Their, their old kingdom. Blessed are the meek. They'll inherit the earth. Oh, it's the bold that inherit the earth. It's the aggressive that inherit the earth. It's those that reach out and take an adventure that inherit the earth. Jesus said no. No, he said the, the meek. They're going to inherit the earth. Anyway, that's, that's how the, the Beatitudes impress them they impress us differently of course because we live under new we live in the new era really that's where we live Matthew 5 verse 21 he even told them he said when you read and as a matter of fact (coughs) excuse me I've had a cold for the last couple of weeks anyway he uh, he used Matthew 5 6 and 7 in order to define what the kingdom is going to look like. And in it, in it, he said some astonishing things. He said, you've heard of them of old that has been said. What he's talking about was people that were, talking, were teaching that old era. Okay? You've heard of them of old that's been said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. He said, but I say unto you, but I say unto you, not to take vengeance on your enemy. You see, he's telling them that something new is coming. A new day was dawning on the world, and the old era was passing away. Paul described it this way in Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. He said, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now listen carefully. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Old things are passed away. Apparently, these guys did it. They saw it through to the end. They got the old out of the way and got the new instated. I think that's what they did. In uh, Revelation 21, verse 5, he that sat upon the throne said, and this is the end of the book of Revelation. Some, some, uh, <coughs> pardon me, I'm sorry. Sometimes people reading the book of Revelation look at this the book and say, well, he's, he's talking about things that are going to happen in the long, 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 far, far distant future. But, but actually, the book of Revelation is winding up the old and is showing the introduction to the new, which is the, what we live in today. Revelation 21, verse 5 says, He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. Now, another text. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 at verse 11. Now all of these things, after he, after he uh, talked about, Paul talked about the fact 
that the Israelites, while they were on the Mount Sinai, they created an idol out of gold when God was, was giving Moses the, the law. And they, they got into idolatry before Moses even got down off the mountain with the law. And uh, Paul is repeating that and telling what happened. He said, now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, now listen carefully, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wow. Endure to the end, Jesus told the apostles. Get it done. Close that old era and get that new era in place. Okay. Now, I'm going to take you back through some, some things in the Old Testament because these things were, were on the mind of the people who were listening. These were anticipated in the Scriptures. The book of Daniel identifies the end of that era with the events that characterize it. Pardon me. Thank you very much. Y'all mind if I have a, a swig? <laughs> We, we are not as familiar with this term end as they were, the, the Jews, because they had been reading the scriptures. And the one book that really intrigued them because it spoke most highly about the time that they were involved in, that Jesus was in, was the book of Daniel. He says more about this than any other of the Old Testament prophets. So that's where I want to take you. So let's go first of all to Daniel chapter 8 at verse 15 through 17. And it says, It came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. Then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. He said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Wow, there's our word. At the time of the end shall be the vision. Now let's, let's read on. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, here's the words. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, upon the holy city. Now I want to tell you right away, I don't know what all those 70 weeks are and 69 weeks and 1,240 days and things like that, but these people had some understanding of knowledge of it because some things were happening that they could actually put their finger on in terms of the time definition. But... Anyway, listen to what, what he's saying and see if you can pick out what he's talking about in terms of the coming of Jesus Christ. So he said, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins. You see Jesus there yet? To make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness. Now, if that's not Jesus, I don't know who he is. That's him. And he said, and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. We're talking about our Savior, friends. Know therefore an understanding and from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. Now that's 69 weeks. Again, I'm not really sure about all this time manufacturing that's going on at that time. Certain things were happening that they would, be, that would have been fully aware of. But he's simply, he's simply saying this, some of these things are going to pass, going to come to pass before this is happening. 
And he said, from the going forth to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks the street shall be built again. So there was something happening during their time before the city of Jerusalem was being rebuilt. Anyway, he says, after threescore and two weeks, Messiah will cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the princess have come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end, therefore, shall be with the flood. And on the end of the war, desolations are, desolations are determined. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he will cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even to the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. <coughs> Pardon me. That's Jesus. That's him coming. And all this, the, the different time factors involved in this thing have to do, first of all, with the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem, then with the coming of the, of the prince, which will be the Jesus, and the coming of the, the abomination of desolation. If you don't know what that means, then you haven't thought about the 31 pieces of silver that Judas threw down in, in the temple. That's the abomination of desolation. In describing, let's go on. In describing to Darius how the Grecians and Persians would battle, he concludes with this statement. We don't have to go into the battle that the Grecians and Persians got involved in. But Daniel wasn't even near that time, but he's talking about it. And he said, Some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the end of time because it is yet for a time appointed. Unto the end of time. We're picking up this end. Daniel 12, verse 4 says, But thou, Daniel, shut up the words, seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And in Daniel 12, 6, one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the water of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wanders? And I heard a man's voice clothed in linen, this is verse 7 now, which is upon the water of the river, and he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swore by him, that lives forever, that this shall be for a time, times and a half. That's three and a half years, by the way. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, that is, to destroy the power of the Jews, all these things shall be finished. Something was coming to an end. That's what Daniel's talking about. And in chapter 12, verse 13, Daniel is told, Go your way till the end be... You shall rest and stand in your lot at the end of the days. Now the prophets spoke of the, that end, and so did the apostles. The apostles said in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, talking about Jesus, He must often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world has He appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. Now the word world there is not the word the, the, like the, the uh, durable earth. That's the word eon, age. So he's saying he, in, he appeared in the end of the world. Jesus appeared in the end of something. He appeared at the end of an era. Okay. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9 10. Then said I, Lo, I come to, to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. So he's taking something away and putting something else in place. Took away the first, put in the second. By the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. After rehearsing the way Israel had departed from God at Mount Sinai, 
Paul issued this warning in 1 Corinthians 10 at verse 11 again. These things happened unto them for examples. They are written for admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. <coughs> Pardon me. Jesus was asking his disciples, asking his apostles to endure to the end. That is complete finishing the old era and bring the new era into its fullness. He wanted the new completely in. The old completely out. Okay. Luke chapter 21, 24, it tells us this. They shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led captive unto all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Times of the Gentiles. You know what Jesus said? Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. You know what the Gentile, what the word Gentile means? It means nation. Nations. The times of the nations came. The nations had never been a privy to God's blessings until this time, until Jesus died on the cross. And then when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he that believeth in shall be baptized. But he, he said also in Mark 16, it's, it's developed there, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So he that believeth in shall baptized shall be saved. Go teach all nations, Matthew chapter 28. The fullness of the Gentiles of the nations came in. Romans chapter 11 verse 25 says, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness is part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Okay. The fullness of Gentiles had to come in. They had to be accepted into the new era completely. And that happened when the gospel was preached. When the gospel was completely preached and, it was com and the kingdom was completely opened to all nations, that was the fullness of the Gentiles. And the apostles got it done. They got it done. There was no more gospel after the last apostle died. They did it. They did it. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 through 24. Peter said something. I don't think he understood it at this time. He understood it later. I don't think he understood it at this time. Remember, he had, he had raised the, the lame man. He and John had gone up to the temple to pray. And the man laid there. He was lame. And the, the lame man wanted alms. And Peter said, silver and gold have you not, but such will we have give you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Which he did. When he was questioned about it, here's what he said. He said at verse 19 at Acts chapter 3, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached to you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of the restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses said unto the prophets, The prophets shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me him shall you hear in all things, Whatsoever he shall hear, and whatsoever he shall say unto you, and it shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Okay, yea, and all the prophets from Samuel, those that after as many as many as come after, have spoken of these days. The end of the old and the completeness of the new was to happen in that generation. We read that a while ago. This generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. 
The first was taken away. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 13, in that he says, a new covenant. He has made the first old, listen carefully, that which is decayed and waxed old is ready to vanish away. The old is going, deteriorating, gone. Hebrews 10, 9, he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. That which was partial was to be replaced by that which is complete. The old era was just partial, not complete. The new era is complete. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9 and 10, Paul said it this way. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away. Look what's being done away. The old is being done away. What The old what? The old era. The old time. The new in the kingdom. In the kingdom of Jesus Christ under the sunshine of God's love. The old was abolished and the new was instated. 2 Corinthians 3.13, listen to this. Not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. There it is. Gone. It's gone. Their minds were blinded until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. You know what? The only book that talks about the Bible in terms of Old Testament and New Testament is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament never refers to itself as old. The New Testament, which is the Gospel of Jesus Christ, refers to the Old Testament as old, and the New Testament as new. What Jesus said in Mark chapter 13 was, and this Gospel must first be preached in all nations, and then the end will come. So when the gospel was preached to all nations, it was complete. Then the end came for the old era and the new era was here. And my friend, you're, you're, you're in it right now. You're in the new era. You're in the new heaven and the new earth. You're in it. You've got something better coming still. But what you have right now is wonderful. What you have right now is great. What you have right now, no other no other individual, no other corporation, no other society could offer you. What you have right now is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in your life. If you have heard the gospel of Christ and it's complete in its completeness. There was not another book written after that generation passed away. Not another book. Not another New Testament book. There are a lot of other books written, but if if you wonder yourself sometimes, well, weren't there other books written besides Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Romans, etc. etc.? Yes. If you've ever read one of them, and you, maybe you have an opportunity to do it, you'll see right away the difference. It's like the difference between a college textbook and a child's grammar. A see dog or see spot and run. That's what these other books look like. They're not like the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's here. It's complete. And my friends, it's yours. It's yours. You're in the new world. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Let's stand and sing that last song we have.